Experience Milwaukee is presented by Few Spirits, Indeed Brewing, Cost Stereophones, Bitter Cube, and Transfer Pizzeria Cafe. Their generous support allows us to highlight all aspects of the city of Milwaukee for our listeners across the country and around the world, something we've been doing since 2018. Thanks for listening, and now, on to the show with opening music from Milwaukee's very own Black Belt Theater. Hey everyone, it's Steve, and I'm jumping in this very special episode to let you know something super cool and truly a proud moment for Adam and me. Summerfest, presented by American Family Insurance, is proud to partner with Experience Milwaukee to bring you the Summerfest series, supporting homegrown Milwaukee artists. We're featuring a selection of local artists from various genres and asking what Summerfest means to them and this community. Over the past 53 years, Summerfest has evolved into what is now recognized as the world's largest music festival. And as anyone from Milwaukee knows, it's our community's cornerstone summer celebration. In addition to hosting the music industry's biggest acts, Summerfest has a long-standing history of supporting new and emerging talent and local favorites throughout their career. Summerfest is an unforgettable live music experience for attendees, artists, and employees alike. This year, Summerfest takes place September 2nd through 4th, 9th through 11th, and the 16th through the 18th, and will provide something for everyone. Hey, I'm Brett Newski. I play in a band called Brett Newski on the No Tomorrow. And to me, Milwaukee is uh, its base camp. I love Milwaukee. I'm pumped to be from here. And uh, it's a great city. Hey, Adam. Steven. Uh, did you ever, like, not meet someone, but but you were, like, you, you felt you were destined to be their friend and you weren't really sure they were going to be your friend back? Almost every time we light these mics up. I know, and this and is especially such a great true. Feeling. It's especially true with our guest on this sh- on this episode. Yes, I'm creating so much hype over here in this house for Brett Newski. Like my <laughs> wife is already Don't pissed off. I, my wife's pissed off. She's like, "Who's this Brett Newski guy?" And uh, I'm like, "Well, you, you should take a listen because you should know." It's hype my- is a dangerous thing, Steve. It's sure Brett, is. very dangerous. Brett, welcome to the podcast. But get, but guess what? What's up? New fave, new fave, new fave. Cool, man. I'm honored to hear you say that. I'll take it. Thank you, brother. Uh, I love everything about the music. Um, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Adam and I, you know, we were talking before we jumped on and just, you know, the smiles on our faces from listening to the music. And Adam yeah. Adam said, sounds like it feels like you're smiling while you're singing. Mm. Um, we'll get into all that we- stuff. It's weird you say that because I'm singing about sad, depressing things a lot of the time. <laughs> sometimes, but, uh, yeah, sometimes. It's just so damn good. I guess that's the paradox. It's like you use, you can use like more up-tempo and peppier songs and, and, and sunny chords over, uh, you know, darker topics. And the, I sure. love the, the paradox and kind of the irony of that. The funny thing is, um, all right, you guys, uh, Adam doesn't know this, and Brad, surely you don't, but... 
I'm not really a good dancer. I could have guessed. I, you probably could. I found myself kind of dancing to it. What kind of moves do you break out? Shopping cart? Just the regular moves. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it's rock and roll music. There, it's not known for its danciness, you yeah, know. And not, I, we, we've never been known as a dance rock band. Uh, you know, <laughs> it would be great to to have more people moshing and and dancing. But as uh, Oasis once said, you know, if you can't make them dance, you go, I'll make them sing, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's a it's really neat. I think for any any band or writer when you're like playing a gig and you see someone you know mouthing along to the words i think that's uh i think that's like one of the highest honors that's, that's out the there ultimate isn't culture. it it's the ultimate yeah, yeah. cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. uh uh we we have so this is what we do adam and i are idiots so we just pretend like we don't know anything a lot of the times but that's very true most of the time but we like to pretend that our audience has no idea who we have on and see what we uncover so why don't we do that and start with the very high level backstory like of where you started and and leading up to what you're doing today yeah i mean uh i was born at the same hospital as bon iver which is pretty funny um oh, wow. there wisconsin i was born in a stocking on uh december 27th <laughs> after christmas you know oh, i still bummer. got the stocking and uh, yeah, we still put it up on uh, on on holidays. You know, it says yeah. 1986 on it. So yeah, I was born in <laughs> Eau Claire, and that's uh, that's kind of a family base camp. And uh, you know, I've, I lived in Asia for two years. I, I live I've lived in Milwaukee for the past uh, you know eight years. I, I um, bought a house with my ex wife Anna. We uh, we still own it together here in Bayview. We're we're divorced. But we're still best friends and uh, we love each other. And that's so that's pretty sweet. Um, and yeah, man, I'm having a great time biking down to the beach a lot of days this summer and just jumping in the ice water. But uh, I was recently informed that South Shore Beach is like 9% like poop and, and like <laughs> it's 91 for a water. while. It's not good. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got to watch Note out of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Don't go to the beach. Check the Shore. check the levels every day before you go before you so, dip the toe. Brett, before we dive too much into music, you said you were born on December 27th. How much did it suck growing up getting <laughs> combo Christmas birthday presents? It would be pretty funny because I'd like be eating a bowl of cereal at two in the afternoon and like I would be like, oh shit, it's my birthday today. And then my parents would be like, oh shit. I guess we forgot it's your birthday. But... Oh yeah, enjoy your special <laughs> yeah. birthday so, cereal. Here's a yeah. car. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like, I think all of us Americans, we don't need any more stuff. So it's probably good that True. I missed out on a few presents. Uh, you know, less stuff equals more freedom. So I actually, at this point, I'm I'm trying to unload more like material items each year. And, it, and that's a slow process. So that's kind of a, the best part about having a tiny house is I just can't fit any more shit in it. So um yeah that's a good thing i've i've maintained a lot of mobility and and freedom and um and still able to to tour quite a lot and uh it's it's great to be able to go grab the the van and and hit the road whenever we need to does touring help with that minimalist lifestyle does that is that kind of where that came from or is that more yeah of a i philosophical... mean i love minimalism in in all avenues sure. especially music i think you know my 
musical collaborator Spatola and I, we were we were a duo the past couple of years. We're a trio now with with Steve Varas on the drums. But you know, I've played fifteen hundred shows as a solo artist, and I still play a lot of solo gigs. So the whole philosophy has always been tied to minimalism and you know if we need if i need to go drive out to to idaho to play a festival you know by myself i can i can do that and and string together a few nice dates along the way and it doesn't have to be this huge expensive operation of of a of a big crew so i, I always knew that like that you know, it that it had to be built low to the ground, and like I, I just want to be like the last person standing when it comes to like a music career. That's kind of, awesome. I guess, the idea because you know, it's like you can we all we all get our our time in the sun. We all get like our our little sure. moments of glory and uh, attention or whatever you want to call it. But it's all fleeting, and it all comes and goes in little waves. And you get a few big victories and a ton of tiny victories and a, and a lot of sweet defeats. So. Um, I guess I just want to be be durable uh, for the long haul and be not be dependent on having a whole staff, you know, and a crew. There you go. Man, that's playing this smart. Yeah, I think that's that's incredible. That's why I, I just keep it to that Adam. I never would have thought that. Yeah, I just keep it to Adam and me. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we need. it's exactly. a long burn, you know. It's yeah. like if you want to do a pod, you know how it is. It's like you gotta be, you gotta just buckle down and be ready to do it for a few years if you want to give it a proper chance. And even yeah. then, you still don't know if it's gonna catch. But yeah. uh, what what else can you do but try and stay in the game? That's true. I, and I was uh, you're gonna you're gonna see Brett. This is gonna go all over the place tonight. But uh, I was in Bayview today. Big time. So was I. I'm there right now. You you live there. I went to the Steve Vanguard. Was outside I, your front. I went to the Vanguard. I went to the Vanguard. <laughs> oh, that's the Brat place down the road. Yeah, that's a great yeah. spot. I stopped. Yeah. Dynamite. Dynamite. I was at uh, Barnacle Buds. Um, oh, nice. We actually uh, don't tell anyone we did this, but my buddy Scotty and I we just sat on a pontoon rental boat, and no one no one kicked us out. It was amazing. <laughs> we brought a bunch of. Uh, we're trying not to booze during the week, so we brought a bunch of fake beer down there. We call, we call it uh, we call we call it placebos. We were yeah. drinking placebos on this uh, pontoon on the river. It was pretty pretty good deal. We won't tell anyone. Uh, nobody listens, yeah, we'll, so don't worry about that. We'll just keep it between the three of us. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah I was. Uh, I was. Uh, this is gonna. Well, let's all play together. I was gonna stop at uh, the record store over there. Uh, they weren't open. And Acme. There's Acme. Uh, Ru- Rushmore. And then I noticed uh, you've got some work on vinyl. Yeah, I got uh, four records on vinyl. I think. Yeah. There's. There's. The wax, yeah, we got wax. You got some wax. All right, so what the hell? How did you get into music? I remember uh, a pivotal day was uh, uh, I was hanging out in my buddy Casey Kaiser's basement playing Mario Kart. I'm sure you okay. played a lot of Mario Kart. <laughs> I've heard and of we it. And yeah. we were just crushing Mario Kart. We were like seven hours deep into James Bond. And then finally we we like busted out some music. He was showing me some CDs, and I saw this this blue CD. I was like, Weezer, what the hell is this? It looks cool. I'm like, what's Weezer? He's like, oh man, it's the shit. You got to check it out. And uh, we put it in and like put on Say It Ain't So and it just blew my mind yeah. to hell. Yeah. And uh, after that, that was a real pivotal moment for like just getting obsessed with with rock records, you know, because I had I had Ace of Bass. I saw the sign, and I had a few records. I had Dookie by Green Day, which was yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, but when I found that Weezer album in Casey Kaiser's basement, that was uh, 
that was that was big for me and i just played that till i, I wore that cd out i got it at best buy and um learned how to play that got me into the guitar and i would go over to casio music in new berlin and just sit in the back room and play on their amps and just i would really suck at guitar but i got better every week and eventually i uh got a job at mcdonald's and uh, bought my own guitar so there you go i uh i used to sit in casio and play the bass yeah, see, you did the same thing. I did, yeah, and then I, I eventually bought it. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure, like, the people who worked there were, like, probably annoyed with us yeah, for a while. Yeah. But but now they're... I mean, I still run into the guy who sold me my first guitar, Chad. He's a staple in the <laughs> Milwaukee music scene. That's awesome. And uh, he's got a few bands in town, but uh, we cross paths at least once a year. And I'm like, what's up, Chad? You sold me my first guitar. He's like, what's up, news? so it's a cool thing man and it all comes back around you know who ever would have thought i would be like a little 14 year old turd not able to play a g chord <laughs> in casio and now we're like playing Summerfest at the in the neat the neato time slot so it's pretty cool <sighs> yeah and we're gonna get into Summerfest, but there's some there's some other there's some business we gotta take care of here yeah there's one other background thing i wanted to to jump into because we had our guesses on um what kind of in, maybe inspires or shapes or, or, or what you pull from musically, but who are some of the other artists that uh, inspired you to become this amazing singer yeah. that we know today? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even consider myself an amazing singer, which I think is why we're an interesting band. You know, if I sounded more polished or, 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 or shiny or, you know, if I had these golden pipes like Fallout Boy, we, you know, I don't know, we would we would just be a carbon copy of Fallout Boy. So, I, you know, I love, I love talk singing. I love, uh, I love lyrics. I love, I've always loved like kind of weird, quirky, nuanced lyrics. You know, so I always lyrically has always been kind of the main focus. I think that set us apart as a band. Um, you know, to maybe have a tiny bit of satire in there. We never want to go too ham fisted with with that because you don't want to become a full on joke. But uh, I, I'm always very proud of of um, the lyrics in the songs. And I, you know, lyrics aren't for everyone. A lot of people just want to party and and do dance rock, and that's all good, you know. Sure. But uh, for those like music geeks and audiophiles that really love. Uh, you know, the words and the songs, I think that's where, you know, people kind of find find some love for for our band. And, uh, you know, it's certainly not for everybody. I remember my buddy Mike Maines, real supportive, awesome musician, like we did a tour together and he had a comment I'll always remember because after a show, he's like, Newski, you know, I, I like your band so much, man. I, and here's why. It's because it's very polarizing. When <laughs> someone walks in to see your band, they're either like, whoa, this is really not my thing. Or this is my new favorite band. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's just, you know, you just kind of keep trying to get in front of people. And, you know, you win a few more people over every night. And you just, what else can you do but keep going? You know, there's not really overnight successes anymore as we once knew it you know you don't get signed to a uh, universal and just blow up overnight it's just uh, it's a new world you know everyone's got a voice everyone's got three albums my mom put out eight records last week so <laughs> she's busy um yeah there's too much to sift through you just have to be good consistently i mean what else can you do i have to admit yeah, that makes a ton of sense yeah when i 
I played, I just jumped on Spotify to start and played a song. And I'm like, eh. And then like something just grabbed me about the music. And I'm like, I can't turn this off. And I listened to all the, whatever's on the, you know, the, the list when you look up an artist. But then I jumped into some, uh, like your current album. And um, it's just like the the guitar kind of pulled me in the definitely like the names of the songs are like oh i gotta listen to that one like what the hell is that about <laughs> and you know when you see ferris bueller in a, in one of the songs i should have listened to ferris bueller yeah so yeah. uh uh and i just like i couldn't turn it off and i'm like what the hell is going on i'm i'm getting addicted to this band and so cool, I'll take yeah that. and it's it's a to me, it, I think it's a unique sound. I think it's like this familiar, this familiar bassline—not uh, literally a bassline, but this familiar like feel of music of of good fun music right, with yeah. uh, a unique a unique spin on it. I guess every band, in some sense, is like the sum of the bands they love, and then it's their own twist on it all. You know, because yeah, it's like yeah. I, I, there's nothing more disappointing than just a good sounding band that just sounds like eight to 25 other bands you've heard before, you know? And it's just, uh, I would honestly rather just like miss notes and, and have my music be more human and more weird and ramshackle and nuanced than to just be like a perfectly sounding hi-fi, highly polished, like commercial radio sound, you know? So and that's interesting you say, like you talk about getting latched on to songs now. And it, there, it used to be an era where you just, you only had what, 500 songs at your fingertips based on your CD collection. Mm -hmm. So you would get hooked on a song on the second listen, which now it's like you have to write to hook people on the first listen. And it's been that way about, you know, the past, you know, probably 10 years um, but my buddy Otto the other day made a really good point how like people are getting really back into slow jams and slower, <laughs> groovier music. And he's he believes that directly coincides with like pe everyone smokes weed now. So, you know, in the 90s, it was like you'd be at a show and the slow jam would come on and then that would be the time you'd go get a beer or whatever. Yeah, take a piss. And now it's like, ooh, the slow jam. Give me a couple more of these. Um, you know, cause maybe you've been smoking it down, maybe not, but maybe I just like to believe like patience is coming back into style a little more as a, lis a listener and maybe call me old fashioned, call me a dreamer. But, uh, I think that could be something where, uh, we're, we're all being a little more patient with our music again. Who knows? I purposely go downstairs to listen to records to slow things down. I got to be honest, I took off my headphones for five seconds because I had to take my shirt off because it's so hot <laughs> in my house. So I missed like five seconds in the middle of your, your second last sentence. Uh, wow. It's, it's, I, the, it's the most important thing about the podcast. So they, don't, yeah, don't worry about it. This might be a podcast first, popping the shirt off mid-cast. Mid I'm on it. it. I, I'm on it. I don't mean to weird anyone out. I'm just standing here in my underwear. It's so hot <laughs> in my house. It's not even a joke. <laughs> So Another what can podcast you do? first. I'm just kidding. This, Steve and I are probably usually in our underwear. I think we've reached an all-time low here on this on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to provide that. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, uh, uh, 
I have to know, like, uh, and I know this is kind of switching gears. What was Summerfest like for you before ever playing there? I mean, Summerfest was was pretty otherworldly. It was really like setting foot on a on a on a new, higher octane, exciting planet. You know, because it's like, you know, I'd be like fourteen, fifteen, getting on the city bus, like to go down into the trenches of the festival, and it was just like a mind blowingly exciting and thrilling thing to go down there in front of that many people and just have your head blown off by four or five great shows every night and i think it just bums me out when like sometimes you hear people talk smack about Summerfest, and it's like you don't know what we got here how great it is because not there's not a lot of cities that have an 11 day festival with shows all day with like huge national headliners you know every year it's like anyone who looks at that lineup is going to see four or five bands they want to go see for like right. what 20 bucks so yep it's the best deal on the planet it's uh it's just one of the great festivals of a of humankind so to be now like doing it and like playing in front of the headliners and like playing these like really neat slots in front of a thousand or a couple thousand people is like pretty you know i, I don't know it's pretty surreal to me being a being a little kid fan and like watching all these shows my whole life and now actually getting to do it you you can think about your like some of your favorite venues to play around the city or or around the country i i have to imagine there's nothing like Summerfest. yeah i mean i certainly haven't seen anything i've been to bonnaroo and and lollapalooza and those festivals are cool in their own right but it's a different it's a different template different setup um and i think I don't know what it is, but it's uh, it's a big ode to Milwaukee and, and the music fans and listeners in Milwaukee that, you know, we're not a big city and we've been able to sustain such a behemoth of a festival. You know, we Milwaukee, we love rock and roll. We love guitar music and we love beer and uh, all that go fits right in line to uh, sustain this uh, this 10 day festival that uh, I have not seen in any other city in, in America. So it's pretty sweet. Music and food and drinks. It's a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beauty. As an artist, how has Summerfest helped you? And or how have you seen Summerfest sort of help, you know, up and coming musicians? You know, certainly once you're kind of, I think you you pay your dues kind of early on as a band and you play some of those earlier time slots. And, uh, you know, ideally you move up uh, every year or whatever. Um, but you know, it's helped us kind of improve our draw in Milwaukee. And, and I feel like with Summerfest, you definitely see people at those shows that you don't see necessarily in, in other settings, like the clubs and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I see people from like my childhood and people that don't <laughs> even normally go to shows. Like my neighbor from when I was eight is like, holy shit, you're playing Summerfest. It's like, <laughs> and, uh, I think the name, it's just such a big deal to people and as musicians, you know, we play a lot of shows and we play a lot of festivals. And uh, sometimes you can get numb to the fact of what a massive deal mm -hmm. Summerfest is to people. And it's like, you know, they see your name on the bill and they, they're like, whoa, you, you've done it, you know. And to us, it's, uh, <laughs> it's obviously a thrill and an honor, but, but it's, we're just kind of trucking along kind of in our, in our, uh, trance for better or worse so yeah it's as ferris bueller says you gotta uh, life moves pretty fast you gotta stop <laughs> around and take a look around once in a while or you miss it you know yeah, so exactly for sure and uh adam for for me being in a band in the past 
like Summerfest was always the, if you're right, Brett, other people say that way, but I also, as a musician was like, if we could only play there, like then we would have something. And, um, Adam, have you ever had, like, what, what's your Summerfest experience? Spectator only. Uh, I've never been backstage. I've never been the artist on stage, thankfully to any audience members that would be going by. <laughs> um, but my experience was always, like, that was the big deal. That was, like, the thing you looked forward to every summer was being able to find the day that perfectly lined up with all the <laughs> cool music that you liked and you just went that day. And I also, I also often found new bands, oddly enough. I mean, this is all before Spotify and ugh, probably close to before YouTube when I was in high school, maybe grade school. Um, this was, I mean, this is where I found new bands. I'm pretty sure yeah. I found out about Weezer at Summerfest. Adam, I was asking you that question, or I asked you that question because, um, again, Brett, we're going to bounce around here because, I, like, I am trying to figure out where I want to jump in on your Patreon. Ooh, yeah. And well, at some of these levels, you can be, uh, uh, it, you can get on the guest list spot on shows. Does it still say that on there? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Shit, I thought I took that off. It was like becoming so much work to keep up with guest lists. Dang. All right, I'll hook you up, but you're the last guy. <laughs> but you're, that's listen, it. Listen, listen. <laughs> but it's like you have these amazing uh, opportunities for fans. Like you get all this stuff forever. Yeah, so if those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it's like a new arts and culture platform where... Um, you know, people can ship in like five or 10 bucks a month to to the band. And, you know, we use that to keep petrol in the tank and sandwiches yeah, in the yeah. band cooler and, you know, helps us pay the publicist and all these people that cost like two grand a month or whatever. So it really helps us out a lot. And um, it's just a lot of artists now are going to that model because it's all, you know, as Spotify has made everything free and all that, like we've all kind of come around to the subscription model and i feel like listeners and fans are starting to uh to kind of get in line with that too which is really cool well i agree i love it and it's a like it's to me it's an easy way to to to, uh even if you drop 10 bucks a month you know with a bunch of other people for your favorite band your favorite artist your favorite creator whatever it is and you just have this small part in supporting them it it helps i think in so many ways like you said yeah man it's um, a and it, it's you know it's more, it's more than just 5 bucks a month i mean it's a huge boost to morale yes. when we see just someone sign up on there you know yep. when i get the notification email from patreon you have a new patron it's like hell yeah we're uh you know it's another step in the right direction yeah, expanding so. that reach it's one more person yeah. that says i believe in you mhm and they want to be part of yeah, it man yeah yeah it's an honor uh shit okay where are we um adam brought this up in uh our pre-show discussion in but, the green room yeah the green room the uh fancy <laughs> green room where uh you promptly took off all of your clothes uh what Boom. what about outside of music what is what's going on like you've got a book you've got a podcast all this stuff uh how's yeah, that all outside of that's a good question um i mean yeah outside of music i think it is important to you know, that we not uh, attach who we are 
to our careers, you know, because I know I did that for a while. Like my happiness was based on like how well we were doing musically. And that just is not a healthy way to exist. So, I mean, I've really kind of been trying to just kind of, you know, get out of my own head. And and also just, you know, when I'm feeling sad or feeling down, just kind of sitting with those feelings and processing them, which is not something I would have had the skills or the gusto to do, you know, three or four years ago. So, I, you know, I'd been doing all these drawings, kind of making fun of my own anxieties for, for years now. Um, you know, like what to do if someone doesn't respond to your email and you think they hate you or, you know, how to how to get out of your own brain when you're trapped in your own brain and all this kind of stuff. So I, I finally got it together into a book. Um, and that was a big undertaking that I finished during the Pando. And so I've just been kind of promoting that, touring on that a bit. And uh, yeah, just trying to find leisure time because I don't I don't know about you guys, but I just it's hard to pull people away from their busy lives and just hang out and like block off several hours to just sit in a chair or sit in a lawn chair and drink and uh, eat a freezy pop or something. You know, it's like everyone's always on the move and always feels like they have to be achieving something or getting something done. So that was me forever. And, uh, you know, I still love, I love to work. I like the whole hustle and all that, but I'm really trying to be more intentional about leisure because it's really done me a lot of good. And it's made me a lot more effective in, in work itself. Just getting, not working has made me better at work. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If people want to slow down, take a break, connect, follow the music, the podcast, get the book, where the best places. Well, I guess the website is kind of the mothership. That's that's where all the things are. And that's just that's just my name dot com, Bretnewski.com. It's a Polish name, um, N E W S K I. So yeah, that would be where I would direct people. And again, the Patreon is huge. That's yeah. uh patreon.com yeah. slash Bretnewski, uh, and then the numerical one, Bretnewski one. And you can get to the Patreon from the website. So we'll put the website yeah. in the show notes when we, okay. when we publish yeah. this. That's cool. Yeah, that'll work. Well, that's awesome, fellas. You guys are awesome. I hope we get to hang out in real life. Why don't we, uh, maybe we'll, we could drink a high life at Summerfest after the show. That's yes. Un- yes, we're, we will be there. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll smuggle you a Miller Lite from the backstage <laughs> band room. That's the least Perfect. I can do for yeah. you. Perfect. We'll hey, I it. wanted to say one last thing, and it's this. Um, the, the book, uh, and uh, if somehow listeners of this episode find a way to message Adam or me in any of our Instagram accounts, you, you, you know, you be the detective and find us or just through the experience Milwaukee, uh, anything, email, any IMs, text, whatever you want to do. Uh, we'll pick five people and buy, buy them a copy of that book. Dope. Yeah, that's cool. That's real sweet of you. We'll have some fun with that. Cool. Adam, you're, Steve, uh, you're, you're gonna not be included. A DM from me. Yeah. Uh, after the show, <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. So I, I said, you're I want included. in on this. Too. Well, yeah, man. Yeah. The the especially with somebody uh, for somebody like me who kind of has that anxiety uh, lingering at all times. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to be a person. Just the title alone resonated with me. I was like, yeah, it is. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I I. I, I I feel you on the anxiety front. It's, uh, you know, I don't know anyone who doesn't experience anxiety. Even if, if someone tells me they don't have anxiety, I, they're, they're probably an anxiety denier because yeah. it's just, it's just yeah. part of being a person. It so it's, it's, it's all it good. Is. All right, boys. 
You are sweet dudes. Uh, thank right, you, and uh, we will see you at Summerfest. All right, Steve and Adam, much love. Keep in touch. <laughs> <laughs>